Hey, this is John Morgan. I'm the lead pastor here at Word of Life Church in the nation's capital. I want to personally thank you for taking time out to listen to our podcast today. It's our prayer that you're inspired and that your life is changed for the better while listening. So go ahead, enjoy today's message. God, me, in 2023, we put this together uh, with you in mind. There's prayer devotional in there. There's a uh, Bible reading devotional in there. We're going to tackle a proverb a day. 31 proverbs, 31 days. So we're going to tackle a proverb, a chapter uh, a day. We're going to read together. When, when, you, when you read proverbs, they are not like every other chapter of the Bible. Often, you know, when you read a chapter in Matthew or wherever, you're getting the context all the way through. Well, the reality in Proverbs is they are a, an accumulation of sayings, of quotes uh, that Solomon had collected. The Bible says that he had about 3,000 Proverbs that he was responding. How many know 3,000 sayings? That's a lot of sayings to be, that's a lot of, that's a lot of braininess. I'm flat out coloring in the lines with crayons, but 3,000 sayings and 1,005 psalms. But not every saying that he had was started or began with him. There's a guy called Agur, there's a king, who he put some of his sayings in. Uh, Proverbs 31, uh, Sam, uh, Solomon totally jacked that from a king called Lemuel. And it starts off the sayings of King Lemuel, but they're not even Lemuel's sayings. King Lemuel jacked it from his mother. These are the sayings of King Lem. How many people's mother had sayings that she used to drop on you when you were growing up? Anybody, raise your hand. If you're like, only a few of you, only a few of you, most of your mother slapped you. Was that? I would say, I want this, I want this. And my mother would be like, I once get nothing. My eyes stand a chance. I remember that pretty, pretty clearly. Um, I wish I had this. And my mum would be, if wishes were horses, beggars would ride I was free I had no idea what the heck she was talking about um she was like you know if you don't eat your meat you can't have your pudding you can't have any pudding if you don't eat your meat she was always just dropping little sayings and nuggets uh in and so this is sort of the accumulation of thoughts and so when you're studying Proverbs this is how I'd encourage you when you're doing the journal read the whole chapter it's there but then ask God, God, what in this chapter, what saying, what quote, what proverb, proverb are you speaking to me at? Write that down and then do your devotional around maybe one or two verses in the whole chapter. And so grab that devotional uh, as we fast together. And also let you know a little bit about fasting. We're gonna do 21 days of prayer and fasting. If you just do 21 days of fasting and you don't pray, pray, that's just pretty much 21 days of starvation and that's not good. So 21 days of prayer and fasting. When I say prayer and fasting. And so join us in prayer. Those prayer times are down. Uh, and join us in a fast. Now, some people are gonna do the Daniel fast. I think we put that in the, the journal there to let you know a little bit about the Daniel fast. Uh, some people will do intermittent fasting. That's what I'm gonna do. And so I'm gonna fast for a number of hours a day. Some people fast something. They give something up. So they may be like, I'm not gonna do social media for the month. I'm not gonna use my cell phone. Uh, I'm not gonna watch TV. You fast something, give something up. Some of you are gonna fast fasting. That's probably a good idea. And then just go on a feast for the whole month and eat yourself crazy. Uh, some people are just gonna eat fast food. Uh, but you find out what, what, what is your 
point of connection to God in your fasting and pray with us this month. It's gonna be a great month. God, me, and 2023 is the name of our new series. And we're gonna go through some Proverbs together over the next few weeks. Last Sunday of the month, January 29. Everyone say January 29. We'll be back in the main sanctuary. That is our 75th birthday and it'll all be done by then and we'll celebrate. It's gonna be a great day. Let's kick this series off. Proverbs chapter one, verse two. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, Knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. Let's pray. Father, we commit this month to you. We commit this year to you. We're excited that this is a brand new year. God, I commit this word today. I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd work with me. Let people's ears be open to hear what you're gonna say. Let there be a prophetic edge. Let your power and your presence be manifest in this room or whatever room somebody is watching this message on. Work with us, God. We need you more than ever. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? I'm not sure what you did to celebrate New Year. Uh, This last night was a little bit unusual. I think I pretty much forgot it was New Year. And uh, I went to bed and then I woke up around about 11.30. Maybe it was the Holy Spirit uh, getting me to watch the last 15 or 20 minutes of the uh, Georgia and Ohio game. Anybody watch the Georgia and Ohio game? It was only me, a few of you. How many Ohio supporters? I didn't know that was going to happen, but that was cool. Uh, and so, uh, so that's, that's what I did. But I, was, I started reflecting on, and, and then at midnight, we're, we're in, in Alexandria, the just fireworks went off and obviously people celebrating and a great celebration. I don't know how you did it, but uh, great. And I was thinking about all the celebrations over the years that I've done. I think the highlight, like the thing that sticks out, I don't know why this sticks out, but like if I thought, that was like the first thought that came to my mind when I was thinking about celebrating New Year happened when I was probably about 12 or 13 and I was in Cogra in Sydney, Australia with my cousin Peter and he had a trampoline. I didn't have a trampoline. He had a trampoline and we bounced our way. We jumped from whatever year it was into the next year on the tramp. That's, that's sort of like a standout moment for me in celebrating New Year's. All of us have our own way of celebrating the new year. But the thing I love about the new year, I think I love about going from 2022 to 2023 is our ability, and that's sort of what happens at midnight, is we slam the door shut and we say, that's 2022, done and dusted. It's all over. This is a brand new year. This is a brand new opportunity. This is a brand new moment. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. I love the fact that we can close the door because if last year was a terrible year, then you can close it 
you can bolt it, you can nail it shut, and you can say, done, over, I'm entering in to a brand new year. 365 clean slate possibilities right in front of your very life. If last year was a great year and a successful year for me, I gotta tell you, last year was a great year, and I'm looking into 2023 saying, God, how can I build on what you did last year? How can I make sure that I just don't live in the moment, but I can press through for all the promises that you have for me and our church in the new year. How many people love the fact that God created the day as a gift from heaven for us? Now, God is eternal. So technically, God doesn't actually live in a time frame. That, that is important for us to understand. The day is God's gift to us. The hour is God's gift. The, the month, the week, the year, that's God. God gifts that to us. Every moment that we have to live is God's gift to us. God lives outside of time. He lives in eternity. That's why God can tell you something's gonna happen now and it happens 20 years later. And you go, well, is God, is God lying to me? Well, no, God doesn't live in Kronos. He lives in eternity. And so God can speak, because you and I, technically we never have a now, technically. Like the moment I said now, just a moment ago, is now then. Even this one coming, now is then, because time moves on. But God, because he's in eternity, can say it's gonna happen now and it can happen somewhere because he's speaking from eternity. It hovers. The Bible says that the word of God never returns void. It always accomplishes the very thing for which it's been sent forth. And so the word stays alive in eternity, hovers like a boomerang over our life. We're walking through this chronological moment of time. And at some point, the word of God penetrates through that eternity, hits our chronos, enters our life, becomes a reality. The Bible calls that a kairos moment. That's a seasonal event where God's word marries his promise, marries with our reality and becomes a reality. That's important to know because some of you have been waiting on God to do a miracle for a long time. And I'm here to tell you today, don't quit, don't stop. Keep believing, keep trusting God. God gave you a, a word years ago and it's gonna come to pass. It'll happen if you don't faint. It'll happen if you don't quit. It'll happen if you don't give up. The Bible says, stir up the gifts that are within you. Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, fight the good fight through the prophecies made concerning you. That prophetic words that went out that you haven't seen come to pass yet, fight the good fight in faith and prayer and believe that 2023 is the day that those things are gonna enter into your life and become a reality. I love the fact that God calls it a suddenly. I would have probably, if I was writing the Bible, called it an eventually or about time. That's what I would have called it. But the Bible tends to call it a suddenly. The, the disciples are waiting on the promise of the Holy Spirit. No idea what they're waiting on. Jesus go and told them to wait. They're waiting for weeks, days, hours, you know, but no idea, no idea what's gonna happen. No idea the tongues of fire, no idea speaking it, nothing. No idea what's gonna, God just wait and you'll know. When it happens, you'll, you'll know. What are we looking for? I, I don't, you'll know when, when it happens. And then the Bible says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. 
Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Suddenly, they waited for weeks. And suddenly, I would have used the word eventually. I don't have patience. I want it to happen now. Anybody like that? What happened now? But even that, that suddenly, even though that was a couple of weeks for them, that was hundreds of years in the making. Because Joel had prophesied about that. And Joel died. And his kids died. And his great-grandkids died. And family died. And they never saw that promise. And that promise that Joel prophesied hung out in eternity and just hovered to the absolute pinnacle, absolute perfect moment of God. And he sent it from heaven. It ended our chronos. It became a kairos. And God said, suddenly, some of you have been waiting on a word from God. And I'm here to tell you today, don't quit. Don't stop. That child that hasn't come to God yet can get saved. That parent that's not right with God yet can get saved. That spouse that is away from God can get saved. That boss at work can get saved. That job can come. That ministry can happen. Don't quit. What did God tell you he was going to do? If God said it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You got to trust God with that. Hold on. Hold on to that promise. It's amazing how that works. Amazing how that works. When I was in Bible college in 1987, uh, Dr. David Cartledge was preaching and he was the president of the Bible college. I didn't go to that church. I went to a church, another church, but I went to that Bible college. And uh, he started his message, flipped it to he goes, there's a man sent from God whose name was John. Then he stops, he goes, and there's another man here today, John Morgan, stand up. So I stood up and then he prophesied this unbelievable word over me. And then he said these words, it won't happen now. It's not for this moment. It's for an appointed time. It's gonna happen in the future. And so... Now, I gotta be honest with you. I thought that word had been fulfilled multiple times. It happened in the 80s. I thought it happened in the 90s. I thought it happened in the 2000s. I thought it, I thought it would ha- already happened. I thought I'd already lived in that, in that moment. I remember that prophecy very clearly because all the other Bible college students were angry at me because that was the only prophetic word on that night. And they told me I stole all the prophetic words. Like I had an option. <laughs> but what's interesting is the, the morning that I got voted in here as the lead pastor. Dr. Roden was in the office upstairs and he lays hold of me and he goes, there was a man sent from God whose name is John. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you thought I did that prophecy all those years ago. No, I've been waiting to this moment. This is the moment. This is the day. This is the opportunity. This is the season. This is your suddenly. I think it's an eventually, but apparently it was a suddenly. And so I'm here to tell you, don't quit on what God is gonna do. And 2023 may be that year of turnaround for you. Now, while this is a brand new year and we've got 365 unlived opportunities, the one thing that will remain and the one thing that we have to be responsible for is us. The one thing that you will take into 2023 with little effort, with no energy, the thing that'll be exactly the same as it was in 2022 as it is today is you if you don't change on the inside. Because the truth is wherever you go, there you are. Wherever you go, there you are. Sometimes the common denominator in a problem is clear to everybody else except the person creating the problem. We had a lady in our church in New Zealand and she made a appointment to come. I, I can't remember what it was all about now. And, and, uh, 
And she just looked at me and goes, you're the same as every other pastor of every other church I've been in. And I'm like, well, how many have you been in? It was something like five or 10 churches that she journeyed through in her Christianity. And she goes, you're just like every other pastor. Said the exact same thing. She was not happy. And, uh, and I said, well, please forgive me. Um, I'm just going to chuck it out there. Just give it a whirl. If 10 other pastors who I have never met, I have never had a conversation with any of them about you. Not one. None of those people, any conversation, don't know who they are ever about you. And we are all saying the exact same thing. Maybe we're not the problem. Maybe the common denominator in this is you. Because wherever you go, there you are. So we don't want to just take us into 2023 and expect change to happen if we're not prepared to change. Every one of us needs a daily revolution. Every one of us needs a personal transformation. Every one of us needs to have some level of repentance in our attitude. We need to have reliance on His Word and His presence. We need to have a restoration of His call on our life. We need to remember His promises, rely on His Spirit and renew our mind daily in the Word of God. We need to be changed from the inside out. This is the day. This is God's gift. 2023 is God presenting you with a gift and saying, here, take it. This is the day the Lord has made. God makes the day and then what you and I make out of the day, then that's what makes us. How we lay hold of every day. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse six, I love this. It says, do not eat the bread of a miser nor desire his delicacies. ESV says, do not eat the bread of a man who is stingy. NLT says, do not eat with people who are stingy. It doesn't matter what somebody looks like on the outside. It's who they are on the inside that really matters. So here, Solomon is warning us about people. Not everybody that what they say is what you get. They, they may say, eat with me. They may say, hang with me. But if you're with a stingy person, they are gonna be stingy. At some point, that stinginess is gonna manifest its head. Because you can pretend to be somebody for a season on the inside. I don't know why this happened. When I was a teenager, like I had great parents. My mom and dad were great people. And, but for whatever reason, I grew up with a lot of inferiority, just felt very insecure. Maybe because I was a teenager, I don't know, but just had an overwhelming. And so I would pretty much just change my personality to fit into the crowd. And it usually hedged on the girl I liked. So if I fell madly in love with a girl, I would change my personality to fit in with her lifestyle. So I remember this one girl, she was like a hippie, a new age. Well, man, fire is real cool. It's awesome. And, and uh, so that's what I become. I, I just changed the way I talk. I didn't talk no more. I was, wow, man, fire. 
So cool. I was, I was totally awesome, man. Start recycling stuff. And, and she was a beautiful girl. She had long, beautiful, long blonde, blonde hair flowing from her armpits. And she was just like very, very new agey. Very new agey. And... And I, I, I remember, you know, just, you know, she was like into that, let's meditate. Mm, let's meditate on her navel. Mm. I was looking at my navel one day, I was like, mm, mm, ooh, that could hold ketchup. <laughs> Do you think this is a genius ketchup holder? Like you're watching the football, watching the Super Bowl, you got some Doritos or whatever, some sausages in your hand, fill it up with some ketchup, just dip it in, don't even have to move. If you ever do that, just in case somebody decides to do that in the football, whatever you do, if it's wet, don't run into the kitchen with no shirt on because if you fall and hit the ground, <laughs> the suction will just hold you there. You'll miss a whole quarter before somebody rescues you. So I was, changing, I was changing my personality depending on the girl that I went out with. Probably the worst time, the, probably the time I got beat up most in my life was when I dated a girl who was a hairdresser. And so I wore very fashionable clothes and my hair was done. It was just bad. And so, but that's what I do. I changed my personality. In, in fact, when I got saved and I was sharing the gospel with my friends, every one of them said, well, who is she? I'm like, no one. Like, yeah, we know there's a girl in church. What's her name? I'm like, none. It's Jesus. I got, got saved. That, that was so used to my personality changing the guys that have been with me for any length of time. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So even though I pretended to be something on the inside and tried to pretend I was very secure in that identity, every now and then that insecurity would raise its ugly head and manifest some way. It would just manifest somewhere. The Bible says it's like the one inwardly calculating. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. They are always thinking about how much it will cost. Eat and drink, they say, but they do not mean it. Do not eat the bread of a miser or engage in his delicacies because they're gonna say, eat and drink, hang out. But the Bible says here that they are never committed. They, they cannot escape who they are. So even though they appear generous, they are gonna be resentful in even buying you lunch. So you're gonna order your meal and they're gonna be like, so do you need a large fries? You don't think you could get away with small fries? Don't think the whole 10 of us could share a small packet? Small fries? Don't you think we should add and have 364 days of prayer and fasting? It's like, they're inwardly calculating, they resent everything and so they appear to be something on the inside but they are totally different on the outside. Bible says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The reality is somebody can be fraudulent for a moment, but at some point it's gonna be evident. They, they can pretend to be something for a season, but eventually the real them is gonna manifest somewhere along the line. When I was at Bible college, I worked for a guy called Bob Hosking. And I remember, because I was broke in Bible college, and, you know, just struggling to pay the bills and living by faith. And I worked for this guy, Bob, part-time, and he was super wealthy. 
I remember a little bit of jealousy about Bob because he was always flying first class and we're always getting notes that he was having a holiday in Rio or somewhere cool. You know, he drove flash cars. He owned the, the shopping center that we, the restaurant was in and he owned the shopping, uh, the, the restaurant and he owned a couple of other shops and he just lived this high class world traveler lifestyle. And I always remember thinking to myself, man. And then one day we got the message that he had killed himself in his Rolls Royce in the most expensive suburb in, in uh, Melbourne. And then we found out that he actually wasn't wealthy at all. He'd embezzled something like $10 million. So you can pretend to be something, you can be fraudulent for a season. We see that in cryptocurrency right now, people that pretended to be something. We see it in the medical industry, people that pretended to be something. We see these people putting up a facade, very easy on Instagram to put up a facade of how you want everybody to appear that you are, appear to them, but on the other side of Instagram, you don't live anything like that. And, but you can be fraudulent for a season, but the real you is gonna show up. You see it in relationships. I always encourage young people, take time to date. Take time to get to know the person you're gonna, if you're gonna get married, take time to get to know the person who you're gonna get married to because you're gonna obviously be attracted to how they look that, that's a, a prime thing. When I first got saved, it was horrible. When I first got saved, the people that I got saved with, they told me, they were like, you won't have any choice who you marry. God's gonna pick her out. And that's a horrible thing to say to somebody. Because I remember a girl walking into the church and I'm not finding her attractive at all. I'm, there was just nothing. Like, and I remember thinking, she is not attractive. That may have not actually been the word. I may have actually thought, she is pretty and she is ugly. She's sort of a combination pretty ugly. That's what I may have thought. But you can't say that now because it's 2023. So I didn't think that. I didn't say that. I said something else. And, but, but then I remember thinking, oh, I better not think that. This is literally what I thought. I better not think that because God may make me marry just to teach me a lesson. So you wanna be attracted to the person you're gonna marry, but you wanna find out who they are. You don't want them to be hot and gorgeous on the wedding night and an ax murder on the morning of your honeymoon. We see it in church. We see it with church leaders. Your gift can take you somewhere, but only your character can keep you there. So we see people's gifting taking them somewhere but they're not being able to be sustained because there were weaknesses in their character. Where does the character begin? It doesn't begin out here, it begins in here. And so your gift can take you somewhere where your character can't sustain you. There's a child's prayer, I love it. It says this, make the bad people good and the good people nice. Make the bad people good and the good people nice. It, it serves to tell us that you and I always need to be fine tuning our personality. There are just things that the law and the prophets and the scriptures and the commandments and all those sayings and te- all those things are good. But at the end of the day, inside of us, there needs to be some refining of our 
personality, things that are so small that they require constant analyzing and renewing of the mind. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 12, do not be conformed any longer to this age or this season or this moment or this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So you can prove what is God's good and perfect and acceptable will for your life. If you wanna see God's good, perfect, and acceptable will for your life, you gotta get on track with renewing your mind. Now, the Bible says don't be conformed any longer to this age or this world. In other words, don't let the thinking of 2022 determine who you're gonna be in 2023. There are some of you have been carrying things with you for decades. Things that you haven't let go since the 70s or the 80s or the 90s and you bring them in with every new year. But the Bible says, do not be conformed to that moment, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we need to consistently ask ourselves, what happened to me in 2022 that has impacted the way I see myself? What happened to you in 2022? that has impacted the way you think about you? What happened to you in 2022 that has impacted the way you view the world or you view other people? What happened to you in 2022 that has impacted your faith in God or your confidence in yourself? Or what has happened to you in 2022 that created some level of unresolved hurt? What happened to you in 2022 that created some level of unresolved pain, of unresolved disappointment. This is the day that the Lord has made. And if you don't deal with those things, if you, if you don't change your mindset, if you don't work on your attitude, if you don't work on your thinking, if you don't change your habits, if you don't recalibrate your desires, if you don't work on bringing healing to your emotions or your behavior or learn to forgive and, and, and learn to, to move on, if you don't do those things, if you don't change or grow, then the year will change around you, but you're gonna stay the same. You, you'll live physically in your body in 2023, but your life will be trapped in your past. And the good thing about God is that he gives us the ability to say, no, this is the day. Now that was the day, but this is the day. This is a brand new day. This is a brand new year. This is a brand new moment. This is a brand new opportunity. So we're gonna journey together over the next month and, and do some fine tuning in our soul. Now we just had Christmas where we celebrated baby Jesus, you know, eight pounds, six ounce baby Jesus in his golden fleece diaper. We just celebrated him. And we know in Luke chapter four that that baby grew up to be a man. We know in Luke chapter four, the Bible says that Jesus stood up in the uh, temple, in the uh, place of worship, that he grew up in, in the synagogue, opened up the scroll, found himself in there, said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach and then launched his ministry. Found himself in the word of God as a 30 year old. But he found himself in the word of God as a 30 year old because at 12, that's the other time we see him, Luke chapter two, verse 52, we find him in the house of God. And Luke chapter two, verse 52 says, the child increased. Jesus increased, Jesus changed, Jesus grew, 
Jesus' transition from 12, he was on a growth cycle. And I think if it's important for God to grow, Jesus to grow, I think you and I need to be on a consistent cycle of growing. And it says he grew in these four areas, in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and in favor with man. If we're gonna be truly Christ-like, we need to grow in all those four areas. We need to grow in wisdom, that's our soul. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's the way I think, it's the way I feel, and it decides what I want, my desires. So we've got to grow in our soul. It grew in wisdom, it grew in stature. Jesus grew in his physical world. When I think about my physical world growing like Jesus, I break it up like this. His house, my house, the house. So I think about his house being my body. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so I wanna keep it clean, I wanna keep it fit, I wanna keep it healthy. I wanna work on my physical body because I know if my body stops, my destiny stops. My body is the carrier of my destiny. And so I wanna keep it fit and healthy. If my body slows down, my destiny slows down with it. And so I'm gonna look after his house, my body. I'm gonna look after my house, my finances, my, my family, you know, our, our house, our car, the tangible things in our life. And then the house is the church, the house of God. How can I be practically and tangibly helping to serve and build the kingdom of God? <clears throat> grow in wisdom, grow in stature, grow in favor with God spiritually. I break that up like this, word, worship and wonders. I wanna grow on the Word of God. I wanna know the Bible inside and out. I wanna read the Bible so the Bible can read me. I wanna grow on worship. I wanna have my daily devotional life. When we worship together in church, that's cool. But I wanna have worship every day. I wanna have worship in my car, worship in my house and wonders. I wanna see God move by His power. And I don't wanna just see God move by His power in a church service, although that's cool. I wanna see God move by His power every day. I wanna see prayers answered, lives changed, people coming to Christ, miracles happening. <laughs> Grew in wisdom and stature, favor with God spiritually and in favor with man. We're created to be in relationship. We can't do church in isolation. The last time that man was in isolation and he had a monopoly on God, it was just man and God. God looked at that and said, it's not good for man to be alone. God created us for a relationship. So when I think about relationship, I think about up, mentors and heroes. I think about beside, my friends and family. And I think about out, impact and influence. How can I impact and influence the world around me? And so if we can live with those four foundations, we can live in balance. And as Christians, we have a responsibility to build every one of those things in our life. Our soul is the arbitrator between the spirit world and the flesh world. So I am a spirit being. I live inside this body and I have a soul. And my soul, my mind, will, and my emotions are communicating from heaven through me to the world around me and God's created me for relationships. So all those components in Luke 2.52 are there in the creation of how you and I were made and they are important in our daily living. And this year, we're probably gonna journey through all of that. Someone said this, they said, you will become the result of your most predominant thought. 
And so if we want to be different, then we need to address this thing called wisdom. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. Book of Acts says, repent, therefore, and be converted. All conversion, all change begins with repentance. And we always think of repentance as saying sorry. Man, I did something wrong the other day. I really need to repent. I probably shouldn't have blown my horn at that guy on the freeway. Shouldn't have got angry. We think repentance is always just about bad behavior. But repentance can be about any behavior. It just means changing direction. It means I don't, I don't, I don't like the way I was heading here and so I'm turning my back on that. I'm, sometimes repentance, repentance is just changing friends. Sometimes repentance is just changing what you listen to, what music you listen to, what TV shows you listen to. Repent and be converted. You cannot be changed unless you decide to change. Repent and be converted that rivers of refreshing or times of refreshing would flow from the presence of the Lord. If you want 2023 to be a year of refreshing, then you've got to start it by saying, God, what do I need to repent of? What do I need to change? Not everything about you needs to change, but what about you needs to change? What about your thinking doesn't line itself up with the word of God? Now, the reality is even if you experience change that is a direct result of prayer and God's blessing on your life, your ability to be able to manage it, hold it, will be compromised if you don't become whole in your soul. God can bless you, but you won't be able to sustain it. So we need to grow and increase in wisdom. Jesus moved his life forward with wisdom. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, equity, to give prudence to the simple knowledge and discretion to the youth, that the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who who understands obtain guidance. Look at those words. Instruction, guidance, learning, knowledge, understanding, discretion equals wisdom. Instruction, guidance, learning, that's all about our attitude. You're gonna be hungry to be different. You, you gotta love instruction. You gotta love to learn, love to get input. One of the great things I love about being married to my wife, Pastor Anna, is that just by who she is, is challenging. Just by how she lives her life, and the things that she pursues, I'm like, oh, I don't do that. Maybe I should. And so the things that she has done that I've adopted into my life, because I could see that it works for her, it's probably gonna work for me. And so you're seeking guidance, you're seeking instruction. You've gotta be hungry for the things of God. Our, our attitude, I wanna encourage, I don't care how old you are, always be on a consistent pursuit of growing in wisdom. Now, if you're 16 years of age and you're here today, we know you don't need to pursue wisdom because you know everything already. (laughs) And then the older you get, the more stupid you become. So that's why your parents are morons and you're a genius. But I would encourage you, even in that moment, even though you know everything, maybe just go, oh, maybe there's some things I, 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 I don't know. I know as a leader that I gotta have mentors in my life. 20 years ago, all my mentors were 20 years older. Today, all my mentors are 20 years younger. I'm looking at people that can help me stay relevant, stay connected, stay on point. 
And so instruction and guidance, all those things that we need. Knowledge is having the information. Understanding is being able to apply the information. And discretion is knowing when to do it. I don't have anybody, I might be the only person here that gets that one wrong. Anybody had right information, knew it was the right thing to do, was willing to tell somebody, and then you just told them at the absolute worst time. Anybody ever done that? You just got, a, you got the information right, but you got the, you got the transferring of it wrong because you just got the wrong, wrong time to say that. And so we need God's discretion and all those things add up to becoming wisdom. How, how do I become wise? I have information, I have knowledge, I have understanding, I have discernment, I have all, I have guidance, I have input. Before I make a, a, a move as a lead pastor of the church, I'm making phone calls, I'm talking to our deacons, I'm talking to the band formerly known as the trustees, I, I've got people in my world that I'm asking and, and consulting with and getting information in so I can at the end make the right decision. And I wanna encourage you maybe do that this year. Because here's the deal. Wisdom is probably the most undervalued commodity in the church. A lot of Christians don't, it's all about the spirit and, and, and just God. And I believe in the spirit and I believe in God. I believe in growing in favor with God. But if you don't value wisdom, then you've got to go into the Bible and you've got to tear out 31 chapters because Proverbs is all just about wisdom. It's all just wisdom in there. And we know, we know, we know all scriptures inspired by God. And I wanna encourage you, wisdom as a value, not once, not once in all the, I can't, that may, may have been once, I just can't think about it. But in all the years of ministry, I've never had somebody come into my office and say, pastor, I'm gonna make a life-changing decision. This is a life-altering choice. And you know what? I've got all the information on it. I've studied on it. I've done research. I've got wise counsel. I've got guidance. I've got input from other people. I've researched all the possibilities. I've weighed up all the pros and cons of what will happen. I've thought it through that if I make this decision now, what impact it will have on my children. And I thought about all this and I'm bringing all this information to you. Pastor, what do you think? What do you think about this big decision? Not once has anybody ever come into my office and said that. Here's what they've done. They've walked into my office and they say, Pastor, God told me to move. God told me to change churches. God told me to do this. God told me to do this. God told me to do that. And, I've, and what do you do on a God told me? I don't have any choice. He did? Okay, we'll do it. Well, don't you have anything to say? What can I say? I can either say, God didn't tell you that because that's stupid. And then you're gonna hate me for telling you God didn't tell you that. Or I'm gonna go, God is wrong. And then he's gonna smite me with boils and that's not good. Like I don't, it's, it's, it's the ultimate checkmate in Christianity. God told me. Now, now listen, I believe in God told me. I believe God speaks to us. God's spoken to me multiple times in my life. God is a God of God told me. So God will tell you. But a God told me is not as important sometimes as a God gave me. God gave me a brain to use. It's not an ornament. It's not just sitting here filling a gap between my ears so my head doesn't fall over. 
God gave you a brain to use. He gave you a mind. He gave you a will. He gave you emotions. You've got to look after your soul. And so getting wise is an important thing. Jesus increased in. So to be Christ-like means that we need to increase in wisdom. So over the month, we're going to look at some Proverbs together in our devotional. Make sure that you grab one of those before you go today. And and uh, if you don't get an opportunity to get one, then in one of our prayer meetings, and that's the chapel lounge down there, I think you park around door 13, come in door 15, and that, those prayer meetings, you can grab one of those. Uh, but that will journey you through Proverbs. But let's just give me, let me give you one before we leave and wrap up today, is uh, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. It says, my son, if you receive my words and you treasure up my commandments within you, If you make your ears attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice. Doesn't this this speak here? Can you you see the desire? This is not you doing it because someone told you. All this is saying, this has to be a passionate pursuit in you. God, I, in this new year, I want to grow in wisdom. And so what am I gonna do? I'm gonna receive your words. I'm gonna treasure up your commandments. I'm gonna have my ear attentive to wisdom. I'm gonna incline my heart to understanding. I'm gonna call out for insight. I'm gonna raise my voice for understanding. I'm gonna seek it like silver. I'm gonna seek it like wealth. I'm gonna seek it like fame. I'm gonna seek it like prosperity. There's a a passionate pursuit that I'm gonna have after wisdom that I would seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. All throughout Proverbs, it balances these two things out, the wise and the fool. The wise and the fool. Here it says, If you chase after, if you passionately pursue wisdom, understanding, insight, discernment, if you get the word of God in you and teaching in you and you're you're moving forward and having your mind change, he goes, then you're gonna discover the fear of the Lord, the the reverence of God, the, the awe of God. You are so amazing and that'll make you wise. Proverbs 14 says that the fool says in his heart, there is no God. So Proverbs tells us foolishness is saying, I don't need to do any of this. I don't need to follow God's word. I don't don't need to really care what God wants me to do. I can just do it my own way, at my own pace, at my own time. And and God's like, no, don't be like that. True reverence, true fear of God, true honor of his awesomeness is stepping back and saying, you know what? I don't know everything. And maybe this year, God, I need to learn some things. Why? So you can be everything God called you to be. God has called you to be so much more. God's not done with you yet. Some of you gotta stop looking at yourself with hate. I I don't know who you are today, but some of you gotta stop beating yourself up with I'm no good, I'm a loser, I'm nothing, I'll never be anything, I'm never gonna make it. You gotta find out what God's word says about you. Read Proverbs. You're gonna discover gems. Some of them may be what we share on Sunday. Some of them may be just what you find in your own devotional life. But allow God to speak to you through his wisdom. 
My prayer for our church is that every one of you would experience more of his presence, but you'd experience more of his promise. Some of you have been beating yourself up too long, angry at other people for too long, a prisoner to somebody's abuse years ago for too long. And this is an opportunity to close the door on all of that and say, God, I'm gonna gonna move on and embrace all the things that you have for me in my future. Holy Spirit, overshadow us right now. Holy Spirit, wrap your arms around us as a congregation. I know everybody's story here today, but you do. Some need you more than others. We all need you, but some of you, some people here today, God, they, they need more than this word. They need your grace to fall from heaven right now. They need your arms of love to wrap around them. There's some people here today, God, they are not, they don't just don't know you and they need to experience your reality. They've heard of you by the hearing of their ear, but now their eye needs to see you. So God, we pray that you would engulf us with your love. I pray for those that are far from you and that this year would be a year of pursuing you and knowing you. In fact, let's pray this prayer. If you're here today and you're not right with God, you need a brand new start in your life and you need a brand new start in your relationship with Him. Maybe you've never prayed, never asked Jesus into your world. Maybe you did it once and walked away from home. But today you say, God, I want you to make yourself real to me. I wanna yield, I wanna give myself to you. I'm gonna ask everybody to pray this prayer. But if you mean this with all your heart, you make this your prayer today. God will hear it and He'll respond. Pray this with me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I'm asking you for a fresh start in my life and my relationship with you. Please wrap your arms of grace around me. Make all things new. Come into my world. Saturate my life with your presence. I open my heart. I open my life to you today. So come in, bring forgiveness and bring change. That's my prayer in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.